Hello, and welcome to the Heavenbound Podcast. My name is Jason Harden. I'm here with Roger Schaus, and we're opening the Bible in search of fuel for your spiritual journey. This is where we talk about life, the way it was meant to be, and what it means to be a disciple of Jesus in the 21st century. Wherever you are, thanks for joining us on the journey today. Well, welcome. We're into a new month here, the month of September. And on Fridays in our podcast, we like to kind of have a theme. And so there are five Fridays this month. And Lord willing, we want to kind of wrap a special theme this month that we hope will be helpful to you. Uh, The Harvard Business Journal said recently that communicating is the number one factor in advancing someone's career. And how often do we see in relationships, particularly in marriages, that when there's some bumps and some struggles and troubles, part of the problem is communicating. One doesn't understand the other. Uh, that is such a factor that uh, John Gray wrote a whole series of books a few years ago, Men Are From Mars and Women Are From Venus, the idea that we speak a different language. So this month, what we want to do is we want to talk about the art of communicating. And we want to look at several different layers of this. We hope this will be very helpful for you as we consider some things. We're going to begin today by talking about how God communicates, the power of words. Of all the ways God could communicate, he chose words. From that, we want to talk about in our next lesson, communicating within the church and how that is a vital part of our fellowship. From that, we want to talk about communicating through disagreements. Uh, That's a part of life. And how do we do that? How do we handle disagreements? From that, we want to talk about talking to teens. That's always a difficult topic. Sometimes uh, we're not on the same hemisphere in our language, but we need to do that. And then we're going to wrap this up with kind of an interesting topic. We want to talk about talking to ourselves. There's a wonderful parable Jesus has as a farmer who's tearing down his barns, going to build larger barns. And in that structure of Jesus talking that story, he's, the farmer says to himself, I say to my soul, soul, you have many, many goods laid up for many years to come. He talked to himself. And we want to talk in that last lesson some things we should be saying to ourselves. So that's where we're going with this series. It's about communicating. And communicating is really how we express what we know, how we feel about each other, and all those things. And so we begin today by talking about how God chose to communicate. And with that, we want to look at the emphasis that God chose words. Yeah, on page one of our Bibles, Genesis chapter one, verse one tells us in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. If we just had those few sentences and then the Bible moved on completely to a different scene altogether, Maybe our minds and our imaginations would just run wild as to, okay, well, how did God do this? What what do you mean he created? What did that look like? What did he use to create? And uh, Roger, to your point there, even just introducing this entire series, of all the ways God could create, he used words. Genesis 1 verse 3 tells us, and God said... Let there be light, and there was light. 
in verse 6, and God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters. Verse 9, and God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together in one place and let the dry land appear. It is repeated over and over and over again on page one of our Bibles, God said, and it was. So from the very beginning, we are introduced to the matchless power of God and his word. Yeah, that was the avenue he chose. I mean, he he didn't send pictures. He didn't just put something in our minds. He didn't send us a video. He chose words. Uh, Let's just throw a couple other passages on this to kind of emphasize this. In the book of Hebrews, in chapter 1, God, after he spoke, See that? God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers and and the prophets in many portions and many ways in these last days, has spoken to us in his Son, whom he pointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. We remember in the temptation of Jesus in Matthew chapter 4, when the devil tempted Jesus to turn the stones into bread, that Jesus says, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. All through our Bibles, particularly in the prophets of the Old Testament, we find this expression, thus saith the Lord. God would say things, and that would emphasize the very power of these words. Young preacher Timothy was told in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 2 to preach the word. And so we see the, the power of words here that God chose. Now, there's a reason for that. And, and let's just kind of walk through some of these real quickly. First of all, words have definite meaning. When somebody say stop, well, you know what that means. It means stop. If, if someone say look up, Well, you know what that means. It means to raise your head, look up, because words have definitions. They have specific meaning. Words can be memorized. How many of us have memorized scriptures or there's a certain hymn, and once that hymn starts being sung, we could just sing it from heart because we have memorized the words. Words can also be translated from one language to another language to another language. That's how our English Bibles came about. God didn't write this in the English. It began in Greek and in Hebrew. And from that, it went to the Latin and then to the German and then to the English. But we read our Bibles. We have the understanding that this is what God says because these words have definite meanings. And then the words can be copied. Uh, our Bibles today have been printed and printed and printed for generations, and and that is the value of that. Now, you go to the local art museum, you stand in front of a picture of modern art, which looks like a guy sneezing in a paint bucket, you know, and, <laughs> and, and you're looking at that, and somebody says, well, I see the oppression of society here and the evils of, of capitalism and all these things, and someone else looks at this and says, my two-year-old can do that. And, and, and how do you, how do you impress feelings from one person to another? I mean, we can sit through a movie together and one person's falling asleep and the other person says, it's the greatest movie I've ever seen. So what God chose was not feelings, was not pictures, but it was words. And words have definite meanings. Yeah, I mean, so many passages that we could go to just as we explore in this introductory episode the power 
of words. Um, here recently, I was helping to try and teach some fifth through eighth graders during our summer series here at Charlestown Road, where the bulk of our adults are are, are in the auditorium listening to words, right? Um, we were trying to connect with these fifth through eighth graders and really explore who is God? How can I know what God wants of me? And we went back to Romans chapter one. Paul in Romans one talks about how in creation all around us, God's eternal power and divine nature are on display. And even though we were talking to fifth through eighth graders, it, it's still an, an important point for all of us as adults. I mean, there are things in this world that are just breathtaking, right? You go to the Grand Canyon, uh, you, you uh, ride that ferry to the base of Niagara Falls, you go out in the middle of nowhere on a clear night, and you look up at the innumerable number of stars in the sky. We are impressed, at least we ought to be impressed, by creation. It is a powerful testimony to the fact that God is there. He is divine high above us. He is eternally powerful. But one of the basic lessons we were trying to get across, and I think, Roger, it applies here, I need more than a dark night outside camping to know where I came from. I need more than a beautiful beach to teach me about the seriousness of sin and how amazing God's grace is. I need more than the Grand Canyon to show me what should I be doing while I'm here and where am I headed and what are the stakes. God has given us ample evidence that he is there and he is powerful, but in order to help us understand what life is all about, who we are, where we came from, why we're here, where we're going, to answer those biggest questions, God gave us a book. And that is a very significant point here, even in the 21st century. Well, it is. And, you know, as we understand the concept of faith in our Bibles, faith is an action word. It's, it's more than a feeling. It's, it's something that's going to lead me to do something. And where does that faith come from? Well, it comes from the word of God. Romans 10, 17, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You know, for somebody to have a closed Bible and have never opened that Bible and said, well, I believe in God. Well, they believe in the God of their imagination. You know, their God, their God may not have any rules or their God may allow them to do whatever they want to do. That's not the God who has revealed himself as we see in the Bible. Uh, the apostle would say in Romans, or excuse me, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, who knows the thoughts of a person except that person who reveals it? Who knows the thoughts of God unless God has revealed it? And so what is God like? What does God want? What does God want you to do? Well, we could guess all day long, or we could read the Bible, and there he has told us in words 
what we're supposed to do. All right. So, Roger, there are lots of words all around us, <laughs> words that we can listen to. In fact, we're we're thankful for that in something like a podcast like this. So many books out there. <laughs> Solomon had no idea just how true his statement would be in the 21st century when he wrote of the making of many books. There is no end. There, there are words all around us, right? So Paul in 2 Timothy chapter 3 describes what we've got in the form of the Bible as scripture and specifically as sacred writings. So let me ask you, what is the difference between God's words and words that you and I write or any other human being? What makes these writings sacred. They're sacred because of the source, and that is God. Um, you and I, uh, we're on the same level, and you and I are, are a work in progress, and you and I are sinful creatures, and we are not the creator. So the God who made us, the master of all, his words come above all words. And so that tells us right then a little bit about what this word authority means. So I come to the Bible, and I see something written. I read a verse, and I say, well, you know what? I'm not going to do that because I just don't want to do that. Well, that's putting myself on the level of God, and I cannot do that. God's word comes before my word. God's word comes before what I want. And that, that makes his word sacred and spatial. And, and so, uh, as, as the Bible closes in the book of Revelation, chapter 22, God places some serious warnings to anyone who would take away from these words or anyone who would add to these words because they are God's words and no man can alter them or change them. And that, that again makes them divine and sacred in that way. All right. Divine, sacred, and powerful, right? Even connecting it to page one of our Bibles, we just briefly noted God said, let there be light, and there was light. His words are power, not just to create, but power for salvation, right? That's how Paul describes it in Romans chapter one and verse 16. The gospel, the good news is the power of God for salvation. The book of Acts is a great place to go and just notice the power of words, right? From the very beginning, Jesus tells his apostles, stay in the city of Jerusalem. The spirit, the helper is going to come. He's going to guide you into all the truth. He's going to give you words to share. They do that. We can read what they say in Acts chapter 2. And by the end of that chapter, there are thousands who are cut to the heart. Cut by what? By words and by their God-breathed power. When Saul of Tarsus is very much wondering, who in the world is this Lord and what have I done? What do I need to do? God sent Ananias, who shared with Saul words by which he could be saved, right? The Ethiopian eunuch on his way back home after worshiping in Jerusalem, God sends Philip the disciple and Philip shares 
words. They read the prophet Isaiah, those words that had been preserved and translated. And then beginning with that passage, Philip shares words that had the power to save that Ethiopian eunuch. Roger, all over this topic is God's words are powerful. It, that's true. And as we get to late in our New Testaments, in the book of 1 John chapter 5 and verse 13, John writes, These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know you have eternal life. How do I know I'm saved? It's not a feeling. I just feel saved. Well, what does that feel like? That, you know, that, that can mean different things to different people. No, God wrote words. And when I read those words, those words have specific meaning. And when I read those specific words, I can understand, yes, I'm walking with Jesus or I'm not walking with Jesus. And I can see that from the words. So when we think about the art of communication, the very first thing we need to understand is how God communicates, and that's through words. And that that shows us the supreme place the Bible needs to have in our congregations. We need to be preaching the Bible. We need to have the Bible in our homes. It needs to be read. It needs to be followed. Uh, I think in a lot of places, the Bible's kind of been closed up, and people just want to tell stories, and they want to have drama, and they want to do all kinds of things. And what they're not doing is looking at the words that God has given to us. All right. I cannot let this episode close without at least mentioning once John chapter 1. Full circle here. Uh, We started in Genesis chapter 1. John chapter 1 introduces, In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Down in verse 14 of John chapter 1, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. How amazing that God speaks and things are. God's word is infinitely powerful. God becomes flesh and dwells among us. And what does he speak? What does he impart? What is recorded for us for all time? The very words of Christ, the son of the living God. Roger, these last 20 minutes or so ought to create within all of us a hunger and a thirst for more of the words of God as we head into this weekend. Lots of things to distract us, lots of responsibilities and obligations. If we're not spending time with the word of God, we're really missing out. It is. And, you know, we, we live in a time where there's so many people who just, I just wish God would talk to me. Well, he does. He does. It's in your Bible. And, and, and I just wish God would tell me what well, he has. It's in the Bible. And we've got to get back to that. When we become a people of the book, we're going to find ourselves walking in righteousness and walking close to Jesus. 
God chose words. How important that is. All right. The art of communication. That is our theme for this month. Lord willing, next Friday, we'll talk about communication within the church. But Roger, I appreciate you joining me today. We appreciate all of you for listening to the Heaven Bound podcast. We hope our conversation even today has helped you set your mind on things above and given you a little more fuel for the journey. Always remember when you're walking with Jesus, you're heaven bound and the best is yet to come.